Hi, Vet Girl here with fellow criticalist Marie Holowichuk, who's a criticalist in Edmonton, Canada, who works as a speaker, doing locum, and is a consultant in emergency and critical care. And today what she's going to be talking about is the use of intramuscular glargine with or without concurrent subcutaneous administration for the treatment of feline DKA. This was a retrospective study that was published in JVEC in June of 2013. Alrighty, so therapeutic recommendations and survival rates for DKA in cats has remained largely unchanged during the last couple of decades, as you're probably aware. There aren't a lot of prospective or pharmacokinetic studies investigating cats with DKA or even looking at different insulin products in cats either. The decision whether to give IM or IV regular insulin to DKA patients remains controversial and, as you have probably experienced, usually stems from clinician preference and what a clinician feels that they have the most experience with. Interestingly, in human diabetic patients, when administered IV, glargine and regular insulin have almost identical effects on blood glucose, and the duration of action for both is approximately two hours long. So the authors of this particular case series wondered if these results might be similar in cats, and if glargine could be an alternative to regular insulin in cats with diabetic ketoacidosis. The owners also noted that while glargine is not licensed for use in cats with DKA, there are no veterinary insulin products licensed for DKA therapy, nor are there any short-acting insulins licensed for use in cats. So the objective of the study was to describe the treatment and outcome of intramuscular glargine in cats with DKA with or without sub-Q glargine concurrently during initial stabilization. So this was a retrospective case series and they included cats that were referred and treated for DKA, which was diagnosed with hyperglycemia, which they characterized as a blood glucose more than 16 millimoles per liter or 290 mg per deciliter, signs of systemic illness such as lethargy and dehydration, significant glucosuria characterized by 3 or 4 plus on a urine dipstick, ketosis measured as ketonemia or ketonuria, and acidosis which they characterized as a serum bicarbonate of less than 12 millimoles per liter. So this wasn't a standardized study, it was retrospective, but Pretty much all the cats were managed the same. The hospital protocol was that cats with DKA would receive standard care, including intravenous fluid therapy, correction of electrolyte disturbances, and the administration of insulin. And their insulin protocol typically involved one unit of glargine IM per cat, as well as one to three units of glargine sub-Q per cat as needed. So they then assessed the blood glucose every two to four hours, and glargine doses were adjusted, aiming to lower the blood glucose by two to three millimoles per hour, or 36 to 54 mg per deciliter per hour, with a target blood glucose of 10 to 14 millimoles per liter, or 180 to 250 mg per deciliter. They didn't adhere to a strict protocol, but in general, sub-Q glargine was given every 12 hours or longer, and IM glargine was given every 2 to 24 hours. And it was apparent when they looked back at these cases that the doses given and the timing varied tremendously amongst the cats. If the blood glucose fell below 10 millimoles per liter or 180 mg per deciliter, then IV glucose was supplemented. And for whatever reason, if an owner couldn't afford for to have their cat monitored overnight, or if this monitoring had to be skipped for some reason, then insulin doses were either reduced, stopped altogether for the overnight period, or IV dextrose was administered prophylactically. And this was to avoid any hypoglycemic events. 
Sub-Q guarjean was used alone once the cats were eating and once the dehydration was resolved. And the authors assessed outcome as successful when ketosis resolved, when appetite returned, and if the cat was discharged on sub-Q guarjean and survived more than two weeks without requiring readmission to the hospital. So this study included 15 cats, and 73% of them were first-time diabetic cats. All cats were treated with intermittent IM guarjean, and 12 of 15 cats also were treated with sub-Q guarjean. Their median combined dose of insulin during the first 12 hours was 3 units per cat, with a range of 2 to 7 units per cat. The median time to the second insulin dose was 4 hours, with a range of 2 to 6 hours in cats treated with IM guarjean alone, and 14 hours with a range of 2 to 22 hours in cats treated with combined IM and sub-Q guarjean. The median time for cats to be managed with sub-Q guarjean alone was 24 hours with a range of 18 to 72 hours. And interestingly, those cats who were managed with both IM and sub-Q guarjean from the onset, half of them were managed with sub-Q guarjean alone within 18 hours. So it, it really seemed in, in the cats that were managed with both IM and sub-Q guarjean that they really had an early onset of their maintenance subcutaneous guarjean that they would go home on. None of the cats included in this study developed clinical hypoglycemia, and all cats survived and were discharged within four days with a range of two to five days total of hospitalization. One third of cats discharged from the hospital subsequently achieved remission, so they had a pretty high remission rate in this group of cats. So the findings in this study are quite similar to human studies, which document successful management of DKA with sub-Q guarjean. A lot of the human studies have even shown a faster resolution of acidosis and decreased hospitalization when sub-Q guarjean is combined with regular insulin. So it certainly seems that there is some benefit to having some sort of maintenance background, long-acting insulin, in addition to regular insulin that most of us are familiar with when it comes to managing DKA patients. There was also a previous study in cats that the authors discussed, which also documented that using sub-Q guarjean with IM regular insulin resulted in a faster resolution of acidosis compared to a CRI of regular insulin. So uh, along the same lines of this study, again, it really seems that having that background long-acting insulin seems to really improve or speed up the recovery in these DKA cats. And ultimately, what the authors recommended or what they're currently doing at their hospital is that in cats with DKA, they're giving sub-Q guarjean at 1 to 2 units per cat every 12 hours, and they start that immediately when the cat presents to their hospital. And then they do IM guarjean half to 1 unit per cat several hours after fluid administration with repeated doses as often as every 4 hours in order to bring the blood glucose down further. And they find at their hospital that most cats are able to be switched to sub-Q guarjean alone after only one to three doses of IM guarjean. So very quick transition to maintenance long-acting sub-Q guarjean that the owners will give at home. So while this was a retrospective case series with no control group to really look at the effect of hospitalization or the effect on hospitalization or outcome, the study shows that this protocol uh, appears to be safe and effective for cats presenting with DKA. It's very simple, less costly than having a constant rate infusion of regular insulin, and might even make the management of some DKA cats more affordable for owners who are unable to have their cats referred to a specialty hospital 
hospital. So this might even be something that many general practitioners out there would also feel comfortable with. So really the take home message from this study is to consider using sub-Q and IM Glargine for the management of DKA in cats.